Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. So, Bobby, where are we this week? We are at the corner of Fond du Lac Avenue and Sherman Boulevard in Sherman Park at a building that, uh, an office building that is now called the Milwaukee Center. Mm-hmm. Or and, is it the Milwaukee Center? Or Milwaukee Center. Uh, it's the place where WOKY Radio long had its studio and offices. So WOKY, of course, a pretty legendary Milwaukee radio station. It's been around since, when did it sign on? Uh, it signed on in the 1940s, late 1940s. Right, and really was at the right at the forefront of rock and roll, and they hosted... Uh, the Beatles, for their only Milwaukee appearance here in Milwaukee, they were the radio station on, on site that day. And they have, of course, this rich Milwaukee history. So you wrote, you really dug in and and um, kind of, you know, got really got into the the long history of the, of the station in your piece, Bobby. And one story in particular really stood out that I thought was just so radio and so fascinating. <laughs> this, this Sly and the Family Stone story yeah it was funny because the you know uh wokay started out as doing like um ethnic and educational programming and stuff like that but then it, when writ had big success with top 40 it switched to top 40 and then quickly became like the iconic station in town uh as you say being a big supporter of the beatles and all that um by the late 60s uh the dawn of the 70s, they started playing more R&B and soul music and stuff. So they were always on trend, right? And a trendsetter. Yeah. yeah. And um, they got a little uh, angry when Sly and the Family Stone in 1970 were uh, turned up late for Summerfest, for their gig at Summerfest. And then apparently sort of had an argument backstage with festival officials. Um, and that led the um, program director at WOKY to put on... Uh, Sly and the Family Stone record, and he took it off the turntable mid-song and smashed it, <laughs> and announced oh, wow. and announced that WOKY was banning Sly and the Family Stone from its airwaves because it was rude to uh, the people who made them rich. He said, but then he also said, and he was also upset that they weren't able to talk to him. <laughs> Which made this me, which is, made me wonder if this is why yeah. they really banned him because they were they were insulted that he wouldn't talk. To this is like the most radio story ever, by the way. Like <laughs> I can just picture this. So the they the Sly and the Family Stone were late to a Summerfest show. They were kind of in a hurry and didn't uh, didn't talk to the radio host, right? <laughs> and then and then they like uh, are banned from the radio station in this dramatic on air stunt where he literally breaks the record over his knee. Yeah, it makes this big statement. Um, that is that's pretty incredible, and there was some backlash to this right away. There was immediate backlash. Less than three hours after he did this, the station got a telephone bomb threat. Wow! So the police had to show up, and like forty employees were evacuated out of the building, and the police swept through the building, and they found no bomb. Uh, the whole time the station kept playing, it didn't go off the air. They just were playing pre-recorded music from their transmitter studio out in Greenfield. Um, it was pretty, it's such a, such a funny story though. Could you imagine? I'm just trying to imagine now any radio station 
feeling like I should take the high road and ban somebody for being mean to people. So that is just one of the many pieces of history you found inside the former WOKY studios. And in the next half, we're going to be talking about what's there today. Uh, If you go inside, you're not going to see a radio station, of course, anymore. But uh, the building is far from empty and far from quiet. We'll tell you what's inside next. Maybe you can't get comfy pajamas for your whole block or bake cookies for the entire neighborhood. But you can give the community a gift this holiday season. When you donate to Radio Milwaukee, you provide connection, culture, and important local resources for thousands of listeners. You can bring neighbors closer through music and stories with a gift today. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart to give. And we are back at the former WOKY studios, the Milwaukee Center, as it's known today. right in the corner of Fond du Lac and Sherman Boulevard in Milwaukee's Sherman Park neighborhood. So WOKY leaves this building when? I couldn't find the exact time that they left, but they were still there in 84. They left in the 1980s. Okay, 1980s. Yeah. Okay, so WOKY leaves leaves in the 1980s, which means that there was, a, there was quite a long time from the 40s to the 80s that they were based in them. I mean, that's four decades. And think of all the musical eras that they were a part of and all the trends they were on top of and all the you know legendary music that came through that transmitter over those 40 years. Uh, talk about the golden age, right? Yeah. I mean, one of, the, one of the early DJs who was there, one of my personal favorites that I inherited from my mom was Madman Michaels, um, who made a couple of records uh, sort of spoofing uh, Milwaukee ease language, you know, um, you know, phrases like using phrases like where the streetcar turns the corner, bends the corner around, stuff like that. <laughs> so he was kind of a modern, he was, uh, uh, maybe like Charlie Barron's, you know? Yes, he was very, yes. Was early very, Charlie Barron's. Perfect, perfect, uh, <laughs> perfect example. Yeah. And so he made a couple of these records that my mom had. Uh, and when I was growing up in New York city, I used to, li- I just loved these records. I was probably the only kid in New York city listening to bad man. Michael's talk about 11th and Mitchell. <laughs> I could just picture that. Uh, but so he was a WOKY DJ. Um, and of course in the sixties and seventies, Bob Barry, um, who wrote his memoir about his time at the station a couple of years ago. Um, he was a, like the, most popular DJ in Milwaukee for years. Um, and when the Beatles came to town, they approached him to be the um, MC of the show that night. So he became sort of locally famous as the fifth Beatle. For I know I've heard that story about, about that fifth Beatle. That was a, uh, everybody knew him as that, right? That was yeah, like a, yes, locally. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was his, that was like a Milwaukee thing. The fifth Beatle. Yeah. That's like yes. a Milwaukee trivia question. Yes, absolutely. Because, of course, you know, internationally, really, Brian Epstein would have been the fifth Beatle. You know. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yeah, so Bob Barry, super respected, super beloved, um, was asked, you know, became associated with the Beatles. Then the following year, this was 1964, the following year in 65, when Rubber Soul com- comes out, uh, Bob apparently plays it over and over again from <laughs> beginning to end just keeps playing the entire album over and over again, which seems like such a like seventies and eighties rock and roll DJ thing to do. Um, Absolutely. I, but yeah, he was that, doing it back then. He was doing it in 65. So good, good on him. Um, so nowadays when you go in there, the, the studios are all gone. I mean, the building is sort of laid out the same way and it's always been an office building. The WOKY was never the only tenant in the building. 
So all those other offices were occupied by other businesses, and that's still the case, but now the former studios and offices of WOKY are occupied by other people too. But You go in there now, and you're not going to see really any you, – you wouldn't really know that it was a radio station. No, there are a few things you can see. that like There's a couple of um, studio windows. You know, at a, yeah. in radio, you know how this is. <laughs> there are stu- studios Familiar. have windows. Um, and there's a couple of spots where there's volume control knobs in the wall because they used to pump the, the okay, yeah. station throughout the offices of the of the radio station. So there's that. Yep, we've got those at 88.92. I can picture that. Yeah, yeah. And in the basement, there's um, like the power. The power into the building is a, is crazy because it used to have to run all this electrical equipment. It's much more. The electrical surface is much uh, bigger than you would expect in a building this size. And if you go down there, you can see all of that stuff is still there. And one of the boxes has the electric timer for the, and it still says on a WOKY sign, like it was must have been to light the sign outside. So oh, some, okay, some yeah, little, so little traces like of it. Yeah, a little. Hint. I'm like nostalgic thinking because I know there's a little control box at, at the actual 88.9 Studios. That has the same thing that for our sign, and I'm missing being in the building. Aww, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh, the, the the sign control knob. That's sad. Yeah, so you'd have to, you know, you'd have to kind of know what you're looking for to find this stuff. But there are a few a few bits and bobs here and there. We mentioned that this building is is uh, definitely not a quiet building, especially on a Sunday. Uh, <laughs> you found out there's a there's a lot of activity in this building, including a few churches. Yeah, so the building is, you know, now uh, is all offices. A, a guy bought it, a guy named Jim Selinsky bought it a couple of years ago. Has, has worked hard to kind of make sure it's fixed up and in good shape. And he's got it almost entirely rented, um, which is nice. All different kinds of buildings. He's got some hair salons in there and uh, different kinds of businesses. And five of the spaces are taken up by churches. And every one of these churches, if you go in there, they all have like full drum kits and keyboards and guitar amplifiers. And uh, it's funny because he says, if you come there on a Sunday, the whole building is rocking because <laughs> sometimes these churches are all going at once. And that's, it just seems like such a perfect and fitting modern use of that space too. Just considering that, that rock and roll history that piped through those speakers for 40 years. And now it's still a place where the community gathers and where, and where there's still some, there's a, a, a drum beat. You and know? people, right. People still rejoicing to music. <laughs> yes, that's such a that's so, that's so great. That's such yeah, a great Milwaukee awesome. story, and another another great one that you got to just dig up and and find by asking. You yeah, know? And, and I should mention that WOKY still exists. Yeah, uh, they are called the Big Nine Twenty, and they were WOKY uh, until fairly recently. They, they didn't shift over to to Big. I mean, they they kept that OKY branding. Yeah, for a long time. I think that's still their call letters, though. I mean, yeah, they're still called WOKY, just not yeah. right. It's not their sort of public name. This is big. <laughs> big walkie. <laughs> yeah, big walkie. That's right. So I, I love the pictures as you know, as a radio geek, I've I've just loved looking inside these old radio studios from back in the day. And you think about, you know, what what was involved in being a radio DJ then with having a man the turntables and you know, keep all your scripts together and operate the it's he's not even he's got this old like upright board with the with the knobs instead of the sliders like you see today. Oh, and he's got uh, carts too. So right, he's yeah. gotta be working the it's interesting because if you look on the turntable, that's an old capital rainbow label from the 60s yes, so he is, might have, he it? might be playing the beatles in that very picture that, oh um, wow that just might be yeah but it's funny you're right though because he's got a he's got to work the board he's got two turntables to manage he's got carts to manage 
uh, it had to be like you might want to be an octopus to get this job done. <laughs> right, you just need a third arm. Yeah. Um, not you know, not to say that we uh, just sit in the studio and do nothing, but well, we're definitely not it's operating. Close to, it's close to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot easier. You know, computers came along and took care of. You could just press play instead of having to. Yes, right. Go and dig out the cart. <laughs> But man, I, I definitely just nothing about respect for these these old time radio you know, personalities that became so loved in their communities and put out records and you know like reached you as a kid like you were sitting there, you know, listening to this WOKY presenter teach you about Milwaukee and, and play this character. I mean, these the the, the folks in the community, the radio was such a uh, a community institution. It really was, and you you know, in addition to all of this stuff that they had to do, they had to keep up that radio voice and personality. Like now that I mean, still some people still do that now, but I feel like maybe it was a bit more of a showman kind of thing back then. Oh, definitely, yeah. Than it is now too. Do you know what I mean? Like you had to, you had to be sort of on in a sort of actorly sort of way, maybe a little more. That maybe I'm not right about that. I don't know, but it definitely seemed. Like it was a much more sort of character-driven kind of thing back then. Playing a character, doing voices, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. Now, uh, tooting the bicycle horn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now it's all about like being conversational and trying to trying to sound like as non-announcer as right, possible. Right, like, right. That's what I mean. Like now, it's more like having a conversation. Like you're just kind of be yourself and and chatty and conversational. But back then, it was sort of almost not about that at all, right? Well, great pictures and a fantastic story from WOKY right in the Sherman Park neighborhood. You can find more about that. Read the full story at RadioMilwaukee.org. You can also find those pictures and take a peek inside and learn more about how the building is being used today. It's all at RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcast. Podcasts on 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from your membership and from On Milwaukee. You can subscribe to this podcast and all of 88.9's podcasts right there at RadioMilwaukee.org or right here where you're listening now. Just hit subscribe. And if you can take a moment and rate and review, it helps us get the word out to even more folks. So please take a moment. Let us know what you want to hear more of here on Urban Spelunking. And uh, Bobby, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Talk to you next week.